Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everybody, you're listening to another brand new episode of Music Sucks with me, your host, Eddie Aaron Herster, and this episode is the third installment of the STS series that we have going on. Uh, This week, I sit down with my best friend, Tyler Farver, and we talk all things Motley Crue. That is right, the band we are discussing is none other than 80s glam metal legends, Motley fucking crew uh this was an episode that i wanted to do for a long time it was one of the first sts episodes i uh thought of because tyler is a huge motley crew fan and uh he and i have seen them live a couple times so we get to talk about that we get to talk about their live dvds their compilation releases uh and a very underappreciated uh motley record that tyler really loves and so much more but before we get to it if you like what you hear go ahead and subscribe to the zima podcasting network that is where you'll find other awesome podcasts such as Who You Got, The Art of Filmmaking, and The Conspiracy Guru. To listen to these and to subscribe to the network, be sure to go to the new website, zemapodcastingnetwork.com. Also, make sure you tap those like and follow buttons on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, listen to clips, subscribe to iTunes to listen to full episodes there. And now you can listen to all full episodes on Spotify. Just search Zima Podcasting Network on those platforms. So without further ado, sit back, turn this up to 11, and enjoy my chat with my friend Tyler about the band Motley Crue. All right, you're listening to Music Sucks, the third installment of STS, or Shoot the Shit, as it has been abbreviated for. I'm sitting next to one of my oldest friends and bestest friends, Tyler Farver. How are you doing, good sir? I'm doing great, Eddie. How about you? I am doing fantastic, and thank you for coming on and talking to me about uh, a band that, well, you know a lot more about than me, to some extent, uh, and have liked longer than me, uh, Motley Crue. So I guess um, before we STS about them, tell me how we'll start with like how you got into Motley because I think I know uh, the story. I was born, uh, <laughs> and basically uh, I don't know. It's just something that my parents, especially my dad, listened to right. a lot when I was a kid, just in the car and stuff. So I've always always been into Crew. Do you remember the so. first like Motley song you ever like um, heard or first album you ever listened or got? First Motley song I heard. Uh, probably something off of, like, Dr. Feelgood. Right. Probably, like, Kickstart My Heart or maybe mm-hmm. Dr. Feelgood. Maybe it was Girls, 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 something off that album, maybe. But, I yeah, mean, I, there's no way I can remember the first one. Right, yeah. I know I was at a Motley Crue concert before I was born. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Tell, tell, tell the people yeah, about uh, that, because that's, because well, I know the story of just that, Just I was too. at a, at a crew concert uh, when, when my mom was uh, still pregnant with me, so. Okay, you, and you were born in 96, so was Karabi still in the band? Mm, or was this like I don't know. Okay, I, I I actually don't know for sure. Okay, that's fine. It might have been before. Well, I don't know. But okay, well we can talk. We can yeah. talk more about the Karabi era in a little bit because um, he's yeah. the guy that replacements. You know. Um. So in this s in this uh style of episode STS, we talk about um bands. I talk to either a musician or a friend, or in this case both, because you and I both played music mm-hmm. um about you know a band that we have in common and we don't and we talk about that band it's like we talk about their catalog but we don't talk about you know studio albums because that's a whole other right. episode in itself and like i'm sure other podcasts fucking do it yeah. so we are going to talk about like some dvds slash live records um some compilations because you have a bunch of those mm-hmm. um you know and then just ramble on from there so i guess i can start with uh, one of the first big Motley DVDs, uh, Carnival of Sins, which was released in 2006. It was recorded in Detroit. Well, the DVD, I think the DVD and the album were recorded in Detroit. And this was like on the first reunion tour of 
like the original lineup okay. of Vince Neil, Nikki Six, Mick Mars, and Tommy Lee, like a back okay. of the back. So of, like after so after, and after uh, so after the it was um, after the new tattoo yeah, era. So like Randy Castillo, the drummer that replaced Tommy Lee, passes, and like Tommy comes right. back, and so they're on this tour. Okay. Um, and when I but wa- then this was before Saints Los Angeles. It was like a okay. couple of years before Saints, okay. and um, which was the last record that they put out, and. Like after watching the some parts of the DVD, like I noticed that it's basically like it's basically like the the festival they did Crew Fest, but if it was just like a carnival, like okay. how I and I kind of thinking about it now. I mean, I know you're not a giant Slipknot fan, but this thing that they, that Slipknot is this thing called Knot Fest that they do every year, okay. and it's basically like a part music fest, part carnival. Motley did it before them, but just as, like, a tour. Okay, yeah, it's been, it's been a long... I know I have seen Carnival since. It's been a while. I, I do remember, like, it was kind of cool, though. Like, there were, like, you know, ladies, like, coming out of, like, crates and stuff. Yeah, and, like, like that... Like, a bunch of, like, you know, like, that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. Like, people swinging from, like, up above. And, Their like, stage is yeah. set up like a fucking circus tent, too, yeah. which is great. Which is, yeah, it's um, pretty cool. And, yeah, the other thing that I actually didn't remember, because I, I watched this a while ago when I was younger probably when I was on TV mm-hmm. and then rewatching it again, I didn't realize there was a claymation intro to it. I don't remember that. So all, no. <laughs> basically it's, um, so the intro to the DVD, the intro before the actual show is, uh, all the gang, like, you know, the four members are just sitting around in a house doing, you know, motley shit, like right. drinking. And, uh, I think claymation Tommy's like fapping in the fucking toilet. <laughs> Um, which I'm not kidding. And so they (laughs) see on TV that like the end of the world is coming and there's like a, like a, like a killer plan or whatever. And so they like try to slingshot some girl into the sky to destroy the planet. (laughs) It's really fucking weird. Um, and so, but then they came to the idea was just like, wait, we can be the last live show ever on earth, which is where carnival of sins comes from. Okay. And it's like an apocalyptic, uh, uh, rock show, essentially. Okay. Apocalyptic carnival show. Um, and then another thing that I noted was there's a lot of fucking sex stuff in there. Is there? There's a lot of boobs flying out, man. Oh, like in the entire, like, in like the, the entire, I've only, I rewatched like a couple of songs <laughs> and I probably saw like eight pairs. Yeah. I mean, I and like know, the one, and they were not on stage either because there's like a lot of, there's yeah. a lot of girls like dancing on stage. Too. Right. I remember that about watching it, but I, I don't know. I, like I said, it's been years since I've seen right. that, but which uh, like Mo- just sounds like a Motley concert. Yeah. Right? And like Molly's done that before. Like they've had <laughs> yeah. backup singers, you know, since, right. Since Vince Neil can probably fucking remember. Um, and so that leads into the next, I touched on this before the next DVD, which is uh crew fest, which was, you know, they did two tours of that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They did two crew fest tours, and this okay. was after Saints Los Angeles. This was like so. around or after the time. The fir- well, the first crew fest was to tour Saints Los Angeles, mm. um, and okay. which is an underrated album. What Saints Los Angeles? Yeah. No, I agree. Because like a lot of people, like they're like, oh, this is like the, oh, they came out with it so many years later and stuff. It's like, yeah, but like the the one before that was really bad right new tattoo was yeah. kind of shitty and like this one I don't know I like it it's a soundtrack to the dirt right uh, which was the concept of it it actually has a few of like my favorite Molly songs are on there that's some of my favorite songs uh, too I love uh, the song Welcome to the Machine Motherfucker of the Year is probably my favorite off that, that record that one's real good too um, uh, cause they opened and they opened with it yeah when we saw them the second time yep. we saw them I think at Summerfest um, yeah so anyway back to we'll get to those live shows in yeah. a little bit cause they are awesome like these dvds don't actually do yeah. it justice um so the crew fest dvd going back to crew fest it started in 2008 uh yeah and like we said it did two tours the first mm-hmm. tour which has the dvd um it featured buck cherry papa roach trapped and 6 a.m which is nikki six's other yep. band or there was the band that he started around the time motley like actually got back together with the original lineup um the dvd was shot at the molson amphitheater in toronto um, the DVD itself features the entire Motley set and about, like, four songs from the other bands, which, like, is fine. Okay, yeah, I, I think I've seen, um, I think I've seen the 6AM part of that. Right. And you're a huge 6AM fan, too, and we can talk about yeah, that more. Well, I'm a huge fan you, of their first three albums. Well, that's, yeah, <laughs> let's, let's leave it at that. Yeah. Um, and then the, the DVD, I actually didn't know this, it was shot by a guy named PR Brown, which is actually a, a famous music video director. He did... Uh, Snuff by Slipknot. He did, I think he might have done an Avenged Sevenfold song. He did all the videos for the Saints of Los Angeles 
okay. singles like White Trash Circus, Saints Los Angeles. Um, White Trash Circus got a music video. Yeah, it did. I didn't even know that. Well, you actually. don't watch music videos, but I, yeah, I really don't watch music videos, but but it's fine. Um, <laughs> but and yeah, like uh, he's done like Smashing Pumpkins work and stuff. Um, okay. So and I watched a handful of songs of this, and I thought that they sounded good. That's one thing. Like Carnival of Sins and Crew Fest actually sound good. Yeah. Like. Because Mo- yeah. like Motley usually sounds good live, but like the DVDs actually made them sound really good, and I think they almost sound a lot better than the yeah. next DVD that I'm going to talk about. Uh, well, I'm opinion. sure. Well, yeah. Well, uh, I'm sure that they do some uh, touching up. Yeah, on that's the, the uh, that's the one on thing. The I, but the the and when I looked up the Carnival of Sins DVD, like other than like a couple of vocal overdubs, like none of it was really overdubbed. Okay. Or, like, maybe some guitar overdubs, but, like, other than that, yeah. nothing. Um, and then the final DVD, um, which we saw them on, like, the beginning of this tour, was yep. the the the, fi- end. the end, which the DVD's called The End. It's the final Motley show ever, because they broke up in, right. like, on New Year's Eve 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the last show they ever played at the Staples Center. And I actually uh, saw this on television and it was it looked fucking cool and like they they I, I'm not sure if it had a theatrical release or not but I it came I, it did it did okay yeah. so that thing is shot the way that it shot it was made to be on a fucking big screen was it okay yeah this is the one that I haven't seen this one actually. it's really good uh, I, th- I guess my logic has been eh, I saw him on the tour right and <laughs> like know? that was the thing is we saw them twice you yeah know, the second time being like the second show ever on that final tour right was at Summerfest with um, the, the final tour that never ended that didn't end for like the year yeah. until like the year after. Kept adding which, like, more to it. Yeah, um, and the cool thing about the end is that it mixes in concert footage and behind the scenes interviews with bands, so that like oh, okay. at, with like each um, after each song, it cuts to like some you know interview segment with like you know the guys talking about like why they decided to break up or okay. why they decided to you know go with the stage show that they did. Um, and it's it's a really interesting perspective. I know that like some of their words got twisted in the media when the breakup was like announced because, you know, people thought, well, is there going to be another album because it's been six years since Saints? Right. Are they still going to like do one offs? Are they going to perform anywhere mm-hmm. at all? And then Nikki Six was basically being a chotch about it. Was just like, no, yeah, we're done. And like I know you're a Giant Six. Fan. Oh, yeah, I know you're but, a Giant Six fan, but like, yeah, uh, we can agree. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just he, he's always like. There's stuff about him where, like, he'll be, like, uh, like, for instance, uh, recently Mick Mars and John Karabi were in the studio together oh, making yeah. music, mm-hmm. and then, like, I guess Nick, apparently Nikki Six had kind of a hissy fit and, like, got Mick Mars to, like, back out. Right. And it really sucks. And there was, like, like a teaser for it, too, Yeah, there was, right? like, a little, like, 20-second teaser of a song, and I was like, oh, dude, this sounds really good. I'm, like, really excited and, for this. And, like, Mick has been been public about like saying that he and Karabi still get along yeah well it's it, yeah I mean I think it was really just Nikki and Karabi that don't yeah and like you and know, I don't know their rela- I don't know his relationship with Tommy either to be honest neither do I honestly but, but uh, I know that like in interviews and you don't know how you know this is probably not entirely true either but Karabi always says like I don't have a problem with the guy he's yeah. just being a dick it's like, well, you know what? That's probably not entirely. I'm sure there's something right. more than that that they don't like about each other. Yeah, but, uh, probably. Well, is, is it? Do they go into it in the dirt, like the book? Uh, I read that so long ago. Okay. Uh, I, I know that there is a chapter in there written by John Karabi. Right. But I can't really. I can't remember really. Oh, and then the other thing, like the final thing about the um, the the end is, and I I don't know if you actually saw this because like it was. Re- Mm-hmm. Like someone shot it on YouTube, at, like yeah. and put it out before the DVD came out. But you know how Tommy Lee had that like oh, yeah, yeah. drum coaster yes. that he wouldn't do at some venues like Summerfest yeah, because they were just well, like we're this, not the roof was too low. Yeah. Oh, is that why? Yeah, they okay. couldn't they couldn't fit the track that it goes on. Like, yeah, it, it would have been like going through the roof of the amphitheater. Right. So the thing, so Tommy Lee likes to do drum solo stunts, and the one that he was going to do on the end was like a giant like hook coaster or whatever mm-hmm. or at least it's what it yeah. looked like and it was gonna go up and like out to the crowd and then it was gonna flip mm-hmm. and then in the in the final show ever like oh, he's yeah. in the middle That's of right. it he goes out to the crowd his thing like I think he's upside down too he's upside down and then all of a sudden his coaster stops spinning yeah and then he's just like well yeah I didn't time see to that. fucking get out of this yeah. thing looks like my drum set doesn't want our band to break up yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah no, yeah, I, I have seen that. Uh, 
Which is is cool because it's like a callback to the uh, what two heroes that would have been shout or Doctor Feelgood. I think Doctor Feelgood is when he started doing he all started, the stunts or well, Girls 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 era. Maybe because I, I can't remember which one honestly, but uh, right. I know that like he used to uh, he used to do that, and then at the end instead of it like coming back to the stage, it would actually the cage would like open up and he would fall over the crowd and like bungee. Oh shit! <laughs> uh, but one time, I can't remember exactly what happened, but something went wrong. And, like, he barely, like, grabbed onto the bungee in time because he ended up falling, like, way faster than he was supposed to. And then he's like, nope, I'm not doing that anymore. (laughs) I'm like, fuck that. Right. But. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah. That'd be a weird-ass thing. All right. So that kind of wraps up the DVD slash live album thing. I guess we kind of touched on a little bit. So we saw Molly live twice. Yeah, twice. Yeah. Um, once in Kadat at the Rockfest thing, which was kind of like spur of the moment, or at least for me, because your yeah. dad was just like, hey. Yeah, my dad was like, hey, does that you want to go? And I was like, uh, sure. Probably. Like, well, yeah. Um, <laughs> the day after we see fucking Van Halen, which is a whole other thing in itself. Um, yeah. And then we saw them the second time on the final tour. It was like the second show ever when they were headlining yep. Summerfest. Um, yep. when, and that whole tour, they were with Alice Cooper, who gave them a run for their money, and he still up there he's like 20 years older than the rest of mine yeah. he's still well, going right now yeah no the uh the alice cooper show entirely uh i think outshined the motley show kind of that show yeah uh just because alice cooper is just so good at what he does he puts on probably the best live show right. there is right at least the most engaging where like there's always something like going on yeah but we're, not, we're not here to talk about alice we're cooper. not here to talk about alice cooper <laughs> we're here to talk about people that were inspired by alice cooper Molly Crew. Yeah. So, what were your thoughts seeing them live both times? Uh, the if first time, remember. the venue was not the best. Oh, in Kadat? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I didn't think so either. The sound, um, it just it felt like speakers weren't pointed in the right direction almost. Well, we were also sitting on an angle, but... I, yeah, but, but, but still. still. Yeah, um, I had a really hard time hearing mixed guitar. At that first yeah, one. you're right. Uh, but it's still fun, you know, all the pyrotechnics mm-hmm. and everything. You know, they're still doing Motley Crue mm-hmm. stuff. But um, I definitely think the second one was better. I do too. Uh, you know, I mean, the second time we saw him, like Nikki Six had a flamethrower attached to his oh, face. Oh my god, that was when, pretty cool. And then it's in the it's in the end DVD too, where because they played because that's on Shout at the Devil. No, you did on Primal Scream or on Primal Scream. Yeah. Okay. Cause like it's like nah, like whenever like does that thing like, right it yeah shoots out the fire oh I okay so on the end thing he has that same thing but he does it for shout of the devil oh okay. and every time he goes boom on okay. the bass like at the cool. beginning it just goes like the flame That's just cool. goes out yeah and I'm just like whoa um yeah uh, I, Nick's guitar sounded a lot better it at did. Uh, Summerfest mm-hmm. um his guitar solo was weird. I mean, but he's also a weird guy. Too. Yeah, he's also like seventy. He's also uh, like ten years older than the rest of the band yeah. and is decaying on the inside. Right, um, but uh, I mean, it was it was weird. But that's but, a whole uh, other thing. It was uh, <laughs> it was it was it was a fun show. It was I a th- good show. I also think that the uh, set list was a lot better. Yeah. Yep. Because like when I mean they were playing a festival the first time we saw them, so you're going to be like, oh, here's the hits, and then maybe like they played like what two songs off of Saints. Oh, I remember yeah. the deep cut that they played was louder than hell, which was awesome, which was that great. Was cool. Um, uh, and then what deep cut they play at Summerfest? They might have played that one too, but I no no they no, didn't. I would remember that because I really um, I know that they opened with Motherfucker of the Year. Yeah, that was which cool. was like a ballsy move to. I love it. I love that. I, I thought that was like the greatest opener. Oh, one thing to mention about uh, about the uh, the end tour is that before it would start, you know, they always play like music. Like it just for the thick through the speakers. Oh you know, yeah, like they concert. opened with uh, the fucking Sound of Music one. Yeah, so long, like, farewell. Yeah, they did that thing. Say goodbye. And then yeah. like like at, like it, like the song ends like goodbye, and like all the lights just went out. Yeah, and then like it just went straight <laughs> up, straight into another fucker of the year. I was like, that's all right. That's a cool right. way to start a show. Um, they played on with the show. I guess that's kind of a deep cut. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, we're looking at the we're looking at the Summerfest set list right now, guys. So let's see. Uh, um. Uh, on um, the show's oh, kind show. of deep cut. They played that All the Bad Things song. Which I actually like that. So the thing with Miley is they released two... They didn't. Re- they never released a new album, but they released two singles. The first one was called Sex, which was not that good. Not, yeah, that song's um, terrible. All Bad Things I actually liked. Yeah, I like that song. But it's not it's all right. their best. Um, without, was Without You on there? 
Yeah. Is that a deep so. cut? I don't oh, know. Anarchy in the UK they played. That oh, was the other okay. deep cut that they did. That they was did their cover. Their of cover. Which is a good cover too. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's fine. Yeah. Um Oh, and then the thing that they did on the final tour was with the Home Sweet Home, they went out to like a smaller yep. stage in the middle of the yeah, crowd and just cool. played. Which if you watch it on the DVD, oh you're gonna cry. Why? Because it's, it's just sad. Is it? Right. It's really sad. And like yeah. you can tell that like they're bummed about being on stage, but it kind of going back to the whole Nikki Six thing, it kind of got ruined for me when he was just like, "Yeah, I don't talk to those guys anymore after that." Yeah, and it's just like, God fucking damn it. Yeah, you know. But. Um. Anyway, so uh, the next segment we can talk about is the compilation records, which they have like probably seven or eight or yeah, whatever. They have a lot of. They have a lot. Hits. So we we have we <laughs> have a couple. Um, Oh, actually, before we go to the compilations, did you want to talk about Red Hot Spectaculars, or did you want to lump it in there with this? Because that's technically... Uh, it's both, I guess. Okay. I don't know. Red Hot Spectaculars, it's a weird little uh, compilation they did. Um, I can't even remember exactly what songs are on there. It's like a lot of like demos. Right. Like, there's demos, and there's a few live tracks, and then it came with a DVD of them playing at uh, US Fest at the US, uh, 83. At the, at the US Festival in 83, which US was Fest, like... The, US Fest. Which is like the... <laughs> Well, and the thing about Us Fest is, like, that's the big, that was the big metal festival. It was, like, two or three days of nothing but, like, yeah. 80s metal bands. So, like, you had Motley, Priest, mm-hmm. Van Halen. I guess it's really um, weird about watching that one, is seeing Motley Crue perform at, like, it looks like 2 p.m. Yeah. You know, like, not, like, <laughs> well, the think about Well, because think about it this way, too. Like, this was 83. Shout came out, Shout of the Devil came out in, what, 84 or 83? No, Shout of come out before that show okay so and the and when we were watching it because we watched it a while back mm-hmm. they played like half that record yep before it came out and like no one i'm sure no one knew no i'm, t- no, I'm saying it, that shows after the record came out was it after yeah or was it before it, it had been we looked because we were arguing about it when we watched oh, that's it. right that's uh, true we looked it up it was it was a few months uh before that show that show retraction <laughs> but and, still uh, they only had like two records so it, it was hard for them right. not to play half of one record and half of another. Yeah. Um, what did you? Th- I was gonna say. Yeah. What did you think about that? Seeing a young Motley. Uh, it was cool. Um, like I said, it's just weird, like seeing them in daylight performing. Yeah. You know. Uh, but I mean, it's cool. Like, yeah, they have those shout the devil costumes, which you know nowadays you look at and go, God, that's so it's so dumb. Dumb. But, but at uh, the time, at they- the time, it's like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um. You know, they're, you know, Nikki's got all the makeup on, Tommy's got all that makeup on, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, I mean, it's, it's entertaining to watch. Mick's actually, Mick actually looks like he's taller than like five foot two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're all wearing platform shoes and stuff. Right. You know, it, it, I mean, it's fun to watch, but it, it was just kind of weird. It was weird. It's and a weird thing. The whole, that, um, uh, the, uh, what was it called? The compilation? Like the whole Red Hot Spectacular? Yeah. Red Hot Spectacular. It's, it's yeah. just weird. Right. Like, because that DVD also came with, like, a TV performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, like, like them lip-syncing to Looks That Kill. That's and, right. I forgot and just about like, that. <laughs> and we were, like, drinking at the time, so I didn't know that they were lip-syncing. But, and then all of a sudden I was paying more attention to the audio, and I was just yeah. like, hold on. Right. They're, they're not playing the song. Um, oh, yeah. It was just weird. Like, it was right. like a game show. Yeah, that like, was, was the like, other like thing, someone, too. Like, did they say like, what show it was on? No, but, like, someone, like, won... Like the show, and then Motley Crue came out and played. It was really weird. That was I like I've never. It's not a game show that I recognize at all. No, it's like, like some it obscure eighties fucking show. Clearly too. a game show. Like yeah. all of a sudden, Motley Crue just comes out and plays like two songs. It's like what? Right. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> but all right. Um. So back to the compilations. Once. So I guess that was kind of like yeah. That was what year did that DVD come out? I don't know. I don't know where my copy of it is right now, though, as I was just looking on the back. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so the first, like, compilation record they had out technically was Decade of Decadence. Yep. Decade of Decadence. So that, talk a little bit about that, because that's basically the first 10 years or something. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it was the, the Decade of Decadence. So they came out with a, uh, a compilation after 10 years. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's not just a compilation, there's also some new tracks on it. Uh, yeah. Uh, like five, five really? I thought yeah. it was just the one. No, well, Primal just... Screams the Primal Screams on that, and that's the big one. Yeah, and then there's all these right here. I, Cause I don't think that's from an album. Okay. I have, I yeah. Fuck if I and know. there's songs that I don't care about either. You know, like right, yeah. Teaser, Rock and Roll Junkie, Angela. I could be wrong too. They could be from somewhere else. I like, think Rock and Roll. Here. I thought Rock and Roll Junkie was from Doctor Feelgood, but was I it? could be wrong on that. 
Uh, yeah, you it know, sound, I, it could be a B side to that record. Yeah, that actually. sounds right. Maybe Teaser um, too, actually. But uh, yeah, but no. So, but what I and they did a thing that I hate that bands do with okay. compilations, which is like track number one on here is called Live Wire parentheses Kick Ass ninety one remix. Wait. Yeah, they, it's, it's a remix of Livewire, and they remixed uh, Home Sweet Home. And like the Home Sweet Home, stupid. it is a really bad like Home Sweet Home remix. Fucking Christ, I didn't yeah, know those were remixes. It's, yeah, it's really bad. That sounds awful. Uh, at least it's not it's not as bad as uh, the Shout the Devil ninety seven, uh, uh, which uh, was like the one thing that they wanted to feature off of Generation Swine after that record came yeah, out because right. they were just like, oh, this riff is simpler. No, yeah. it's not how you do it. Um, but I mean, it's, I mean, it, it doesn't. If these weren't, if the two remixes were just the original songs, it's a good compilation record. Okay. Live Wire, Peace Your Action, Shout the Devil, Looks at Kill, Home Sweet Home, Smoke in the Boys Room, Girls, 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 Wild Side, Doctor Feel Good, Kickstart My Heart. Right, and those are all like the big singles that are from right all like the first what five records? Uh, e- yeah, five, five, because Doctor Feel Good's um, five, and then. On the end, this they slap on the the really good new song, Primal Screen. Primal Screen, which they played... Did they play live at both nope, the shows? No, just the second one. Just the second one? Yeah. Okay, because I remember you freaking out when they played it. I, I love that song. I love that song, too. It sounds really good. Yeah. Um, so the next compilation they have is uh, Supersonic and Demonic Relics, which... Um, it's not really a greatest hit. It's not a greatest hits. It's more it's, of a B sides. It's like B sides and demos again. Okay. Uh, and like, it has like. But Primal Scream's on that one too, right? Yeah. Okay. But like, like there's weird stuff on there. Um, there is what song is it? I think yeah, it's um. So Tommy Lee, toward the I guess like halfway point started getting into like a lot of like electronic music. Yeah. And like EDM and stuff. Mm. And so on this supersonic demonic relics, I'm pretty sure that's where I found a track that is um uh Tommy Lee did like did a DJ song that he made out of um uh oh god it's from the Karabi record. Uh uh Hooligan's Holiday. Ew. Yeah, like and like it's really bad and weird. And I actually really like that song. <laughs> yeah, I do too. But like, like they take it, like he took it and like just like remixed it. It's really weird. Like mm-hmm. he like at one point in the song, like the BPM is like three or four times more than it is in like the actual song. It's it's just weird. That sounds yeah. Like so like an that's the kind of stuff decision. that's on Supersonic Demonic is like just weird, okay. like out there stuff. And is the quaternary EP on that one, or is that on Music to Crash Your Car too? No, the quaternary is on that one. Okay. Uh, I actually don't know off the top of my head what's on uh, Music Crash Your Car 2 Volume 1. So I actually looked this up, so and that's a really good segue. So music t- so they so Molly released a box set called Music to Crash Your Car 2, um, volumes one and two, and that the name got like, you know, some attraction in the media because of the incident that uh Vince got himself into when he basically killed the singer of Hanoi Rocks. Drummer. Or drummer, no, excuse me, right, because Michael Monroe, the singer, still alive. But it was like the drummer of Hanoi Rocks, like he and yeah, Vince was drunk and Vince was drunk, wanted more beer or whatever, and like (laughs) he went to go. No, exactly, that's what it was. Yeah, no, it was. Yeah, and uh, like he and uh, this drummer were gonna go uh, pick some up, and then like you know the guys say like they just heard you know a few little bit down the road just a crash and stuff and they're like oh my god like they knew exactly what they it was they knew exactly what it was and then Vince gets charged with vehicular manslaughter yeah and almost goes to prison but then I think he gets off on like what community service or something I can't remember something like that so that's ba- so that's I'm, I don't know if that's where they got the name from no it is They like, is it okay they said it was very like basically I saw an interview where they were like uh, you know we want to do a Motley Crue thing which was piss people off yeah. And so like they're like we were very tongue in cheek, like, oh let's call it Music to Crash Your Car right. 2. So the volume one of Music to Crash Your Car 2 is basically the first uh four records. So Too Fast for Love, Shout of the Devil Theater, Pain and Girls, 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 but it also okay. features um pardon me, it also features bonus tracks, um, which some of the bonus tracks include like um some like uh Shout of the Devil demos, okay. uh Theater of Pain demos some different mixes of like uh girls 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 stuff oh but the cool thing about uh volume one is that it features uh both versions of 
uh, Too Fast for Love. Oh, okay. Because yeah. yep, it yep, has yep. the original uh, Leather Records mix, which was like the album, which was like the label they were on before Electra, mm-hmm. I think. Yep. Um, so I guess people were really stoked on that because, you know, people hadn't heard that mix since 83 or Yeah, four and like that whatever. original one, like, has right. like different, like, it's, like, it has a whole different intro. Like, there's a whole intro to it. Right. Uh, and then uh, instead of fading out at the end, it actually just has an end. Right. So, yeah. I, I like that version, actually, a lot. Okay, sure, yeah. Um, I think a lot of people actually like that version, too. I don't know. Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't listened to... I don't think I've listened to both versions, so I don't remember mm-hmm. which one I listened to. Um, so that's what's... You've not, probably heard the the not original one. Oh, I probably have. Because that's the one where, like, it just starts right off with... Yeah. Yeah, the other one has, like, this whole long intro. I'll play it for you later. Okay, sure. Um, and then Volume 2, Music Trash Card 2, Volume 2, uh, is basically... This one has the Karabi record on it, This, right? yeah, it has Dr. Feelgood, and then it has the self-titled record, which is the one that has John Karabi on it. Yep. The Quaternary EP, um, and Decadent Decadence is on there, and Supersonic and Demonic Relics are okay. on there. So they're all in a box set. And then it also... I'm just looking this up right now. The box set also contains a rare comic book yes, reprinting of Rock and Roll Comic... Okay, so you know about this? I have that this sitting right over there. Oh, no shit! Yeah. Okay, so what's that comic all about? Uh, since I don't know it. Oh, man, I haven't looked at it in forever. Let me right, see if I can... Here. Tyler's gonna go look at it. Uh, I remember, like, looking at it being like, I hope this is right. a thing. It should be noted that, like, even though this came out after... Generation Swine, uh, one of the greatest hits records, and New Tattoo, they're not included in the box set. Yeah. Which, like, I know you don't really care about. Well, I mean, I don't Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, that's right. I spilled something on this. Oh, jeez. I think I spilled a soda on the back of this, so, like, the oh, back of thing is all messed up. Tyler just grabbed... He has a copy of Volume 2, so that's why he's looking right, at it. so let's see here. This is... Is this it? No, this is the poster, I think. Okay. Uh, yeah, there's a poster in here. There's a whole bit. Here we go. Okay, so this is a comic book. Oh, yeah, so it's, it's, oh, so it's a little little Motley Crue comic book. Huh. Okay. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now, uh, and it's it's the band members with on either on women's bodies or like next to women. Yeah. So what's the fucking concept? <laughs> dude, I have no idea. It looks old as shit. Uh, there's a, a dude, not one of the Motley, or is it one of the Motley guys? Oh yeah, so this is Nick, so this is Nikki Six listening to Kiss and then getting his first guitar. Okay, which uh, I mean, Kiss obviously influenced Motley greatly. Yeah. Okay, so it looks like it's a little comic showing kind of like the formation of Crew. Okay, sure. And then all right, so here's like the release of Shout the Devil. Okay, so it's like a quick. It's a comic that is like a very quick synopsis of oh, Motley Crue's history, history Motley up Crew. to the point that this came out. Huh. Okay. That's weird. It's cool, but, like, it's weird. Oh, and then the other... Oh, looks like he actually did go to jail. I think... He, well, he went... I mean, they obviously, like, arrested Cause, him. Because, well, no, like, he says, like, in, in jail, Vince Neal feeds the inmates and washes police cars. Huh. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay, here's the drum set. Oh, no shit. All right, but anyway... That's the drum set we were talking about earlier. Pe- people okay. can't see this, so, so... yeah, people can't see it, but it's... That's actually a cool thing to... For a like, collector, for yeah. For a collector, for yeah. A especially like since me. you're, yeah, since you're like the biggest crew nerd I know. Yeah. Um. Uh, and then another thing with Crash Car Volume Two, it has like you know, it has Doctor Feelgood demos, it has um, uh, remixes of stuff, has live Doctor Feelgood stuff, um, and then yeah, it has like uh, you know, the Coordinary EP and other tracks. So, yeah. And then there's stuff on here that I'm like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they have a song on here that says Black Widow, previously un- unreleased. Okay. Uh, I don't know what that is. Yeah. But all right. Man, I don't know what these <laughs> songs even are, honestly. Oh, Bittersweet, that's a really good song. Is that on self-titled? I don't know what that's from, actually. That, that might be from, like, Demonic or something like that. Okay, sure. Uh, but it's just a really cool, like, uh, instrumental guitar solo. Oh, okay. And, like, it's sure. just Mick. It's very bluesy, because it's just Mick being Mick. Just Mick being Nick, yeah. yeah. Um, and so I guess the final album we can, the final compilation record we can talk about is Red, White, White and Crew, which actually um, has, so it's basically like Decadent Decadence, except it adds uh, does it add Karabi stuff on it? Because it has Generation Swine stuff on it. Probably not, just because Nicky probably told them not to. Oh, Hold probably on. not. Um, I believe it has Sw- Generation Swine stuff, and had, I, I'm assuming it has some new tattoo stuff on there. But it has 
but the big thing about that record is that it has um like two or three new songs one of them being if i die tomorrow oh uh, which is a great song which is a phenomenal song um i forget what the other two are off the top of my head uh so oh maybe that's where the song black widow comes from then okay because uh oh so it added like is your all i need a new one no, that's from. Uh, oh no, that was girl. Or yeah, feel good because girls. No, it was girls because they like released the fucking video where. Yeah, like, that's right. Yeah, that really weird video where like they kill a guy, right? Yeah, or something <laughs> like that. It really just messed up. Like it's just a, a music video about murder, right? Um, so I guess if since we have all the or most of the greatest hits records, I mean they have they released they one have after. So many. I mean they have so a many lot, are, dude. Like, there's one that's literally the same as... The the last one they did is the same as the one before, except they added two songs, songs off from of Saints. Saints Los Angeles. No, yeah. three songs. Or three songs? Three. They did Saints Los Angeles, uh, Motherfucker of the Year, and I think they added um, Animal in Me. Oh, okay. And actually, it's really cool. The Animal in, in Me on the vinyl one I have uh, is uh, an orchestra version. Like, they uh, they huh. have, like, a big orchestra in the background of it. Huh. It's really cool. Okay. Um... So I guess if people were to start with, um, like, a greatest hits or compilation record with Motley, where do you think they should start? The last one. The last one? Yeah. Okay. It's pretty, I mean, it's pretty, you get a little something off of everything except... Uh, like Supersonic? No, well, you don't get anything off of the self-titled, you don't get anything right. off of... Um, I don't think you get anything off of New Tattoo. No, but you get something off of the rest of the records. Okay. So you're only, that one only misses one good album. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I just, I laugh every time you, so like this thing, well, here, let's jump to this. Tyler has a very soft spot, or has a huge soft spot for um, the self-titled Molly Crew record, which is the only one they did without Vince Neil. Yeah. And it's it the vocalist, John Karabi. John Karabi. And, and who, who was also the second guitar player, too. Yep. Which is something so, they didn't do. It, they had two guitarists, which mm-hmm. that always sounds really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Even though Mick can hold his own, but that's... A whole well, thing. yeah, but... But having still. two good, like And, like, he like he added a whole different style. True. Like, that album is very, like, just... Like, it wants to punch you in the throat, kind of, you know? Yeah. Like, it has that kind of sound it to it. It is a very angry yeah. Motley record. And, like, John Karabi is just a better vocalist. Like, there's just no That's way... true, he is. There's no way around it. Like, like don't worry, I love most of Motley Crue's stuff, and, like, Vince Neil is part of that. Mm. And, like, you know, on the recordings, he sounds passable. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, like, just John Karabi... Like, I just, I just always, like, sit back and imagine, like, what crew would have been like if they had, if they had kept Karabi around and like just kept recording with him right just because he's such a better vocalist and like you can hear so after the self-titled album was um Generation Swine and, uh, and Karabi was going to be a part of that record well Karabi w- w- he had wrote most of it with them right and then like they had actually started recording it and then the label was like no we're going to get Vince back because yeah because the last album didn't sell well mm-hmm which which is the biz- whole thing business behind- standpoint fair. Well, yeah, and that's the whole thing behind that record is like not a lot of people liked it because of the singer change. Yep, and not well, just the well, and it's funny because like, I mean, it wasn't just a singer change; it was a style change too. Right. Well, and like you, like, you they listen, went grunge almost. Yeah, it's like grunge, In almost industrialish. Yeah, um, that's fair. Excuse me, but uh, you listen to that record and it's like. You like you hear so many songs, and you're like, that was absolutely written for John Karabi to sing, not for Vince Neil. Yeah, oh well, like, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> there's um. there's a lot of parts in that album where it's like, if you could have just gotten that like that like just a little bit of nasty, that little stank he's got. Give on me one his example. Voice. Ah, man, what's the there's um, uh, what's the name of the song? Afraid. Uh, no, no, no. Okay. Oh yeah, beauty. That's the song. Beauty. Uh, like. That whole thing was supposed to be sung by John Karabi, and there's just no way around mm-hmm. like hearing it that way. That like it's supposed to be somebody else singing. But, yeah. But yeah, no, I love the John Karabi album, and people need to listen to that more because yeah. it's just a very good album. And he also cel- and John Karabi himself like basically celebrated what the 20th anniversary of the yeah, record. Yeah, he, he plays it. Well, a lot of his shows are just him playing that album start to finish because mm-hmm. that's what he's basically known for, right? Which is, I mean, if that's one thing you're going to be known for, did he go what? what? Wasn't he like he Rats was a, guitarist? He, he was for like a, yeah. Long he time? was Rats like he was Rats guitarist for like a decade, mm-hmm. and then like two years before the last Rat album came out, like he was out. Okay, 
So he didn't. I don't think he recorded anything with them. No, he's been he's been in a lot of like. He's been in a lot of bands. He's like he's popped up as like replacement guitarist for a lot of. Well, he was in Brides of Destruction, wasn't he? Or no, I'm thinking of Ginger from the Wild Hearts. No, you got it flipped. He was. Okay, I believe that he was the guitarist. Which is another side project. I can't remember if. Yeah. Yeah, it's another Nikki Six side project. Side project. I can't remember. No, John Crabby was not the guitarist for that. Who's the guitarist? Or no, he was the guitarist for. I can't remember, but I know that because like that, I know that as far as I know, Bride's Destruction was was Ginger. Well, he Ginger showed up to like help write stuff, but then he decided not to be on the album. Oh, okay, sure. So I can't remember. I could have swore at one point I was told John Crabby. Tracy Guns was the one that I was thinking of. That's oh, it Tracy says that John Crabby was in the band at one point. He probably think, wasn't no, on the record, though. I think he probably uh, was John Crabby on the second Brides of Destruction album without Nicky. Uh, he would have... No, he was no. he was in the band before the first record came out. Okay. But then, like, yeah, he must not have been on the recordings or anything. I, I thought maybe he they, that he was there at some point. Uh, that band, like, started... No, it such... says John Crabby is on the first Brides of Destruction record. Is he? Um, I just didn't think that him and Nicky would work together on that. You know, that's a good question. But, you know, whatever. Considering all that we fucking talked about. Yeah. um, So, I guess to, um, going off of, like, where people should check out the stuff, what, like, start off with Motley, what live thing do you think they should check out first? What live thing? Um, Because I would actually not vouch for the end. No, I would say probably Crew Fest. Yeah. Crew Fest is probably a good, if you want a taste of just... Everything. Yeah. Everything they had up to that point. Yeah, it's probably a good one to go with. Right. Um, yeah, as far as live things go, probably probably Crew Fest. I say Carnival of Sins in terms of, like, audio quality, but, like, Crew Fest, the show seemed a lot more fiery. Okay. Um, Carnival of Sins, like, Carnival of Sins, like, looked cool, though. Yeah. But Crew Fest is, like... And Crew Fest will give you a better picture of Motley Crew. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, and so I guess the final thing we can talk about is, um, I have on here favorite single and deep cut. So what is your favorite Motley single and what is your favorite, favorite Motley, Motley deep cut? single. Because they have a lot to choose from. Yeah, well, like, I think my thing is that, like, especially bands that I'm super into, I've, I'm always a way bigger fan of deep cuts. Oh, I'm like that singles. too. Yeah, no, so I'm like that too. So I'm trying to pick a favorite single. Like, the things that, like, Motley Crue, their singles, like, I like a lot of them, but, like, they're all, like, very similar, similar. amount of, like, mm-hmm. uh... Probably Wild Side. Okay, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, it's Wild Side. That's my favorite. That's that's a good one to pick. Um, uh, deep Cut. That's tough. <laughs> that's real tough. Because that literally could be anything off the yeah. self-titled record. Well, anything off that. It could be most of the first record, which I love that one, mm-hmm. start to finish. Yep. Um, like Starry Eyes is a really good song. What's uh, that off of? First one. Oh, Too Fast uh, for Love? Okay. Yeah. Uh Public Enemy number one is really good. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, that is a really good one. I'm going to go with... Yeah, I'm going to go with Public Enemy number one. I think okay, it's my favorite sure. deep cut. Yeah. Um, it's funny you bring up that song because that's on the same record as my favorite single, mm-hmm. Livewire. That's, yeah, it's solid. Because, solid like... Choice. And, like, I would have picked something... I probably would have picked Wild Side if I hadn't picked this one yeah. just because, like, the girls' record is just good. Mm-hmm. Um... My favorite deep cut, you know this, is yeah. Bastard. Yeah. Because they have a song called Bastard, and it's yeah. like one of the greatest uh, choruses and riffs ever. That uh, that song actually is one of the 18 songs that, uh, like, I can't remember what they were called. It was on the, the PMRC's Filthy yeah. 15, which was like the 15 most grotesque songs that the PMRC um, parents, I think it stood for Parents Resource Music Center. It was basically something who that cares like, they don't exist who anymore, cares they don't but, exist anymore, uh, and like fuck Tipper Gore for that because she was a part of that. Yeah, Albert's wife. They uh, um, they tried to ban some songs. They tried to ban oh, like everyone knows about this guy. Yeah, now, they tried. Uh, I was gonna say yeah, they tried to ban him C music, and then basically D Snyder from Twisted Sister goes <laughs> into court. Watching that. Oh my god, it's such yeah. a good watch. But uh, yeah, so Bastard is one of those songs, and that's always been funny to me because it's not like that was a song they were playing on the radio. No, it's like, not. It's a deep cut from the album, like, which is like like props why? to them for doing their research yeah, that I goes to they, show that they were probably buying the albums yeah well, or, or at the very the least looking at the songs and being like oh yeah. you have a song called bastard you're right well and like i remember one time somebody comes up 
like there was an uh, interview with Nikki Six where they like ask him about the lyrics to Bastard and like they're like, so like, w- why did you write it this way? Like, what? and he's like, what do you mean? I don't see the problem. <laughs> and then they like read lyrics like uh, like some I can't remember exactly how it goes in my head right now, but like uh, like. So st- like something about like a knife. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the exact verse, but like yeah. it's literally just like about killing a guy. Yeah, and like they're like, "What? What's the deal with this?" And he's like, mm-hmm. "I don't know. I don't see the issue." <laughs> it's like, all right, uh, but yeah, no, that's a good song. Fun fact: Do you know what the number one song on that list was? It wasn't a metal song. Wasn't it like a Bowie song? No, nope. close. What was it? It was "Darling Nikki" by Prince. Really? Because it talks about. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, the lyric goes, I knew, I met her in a hotel, uh, knew a girl named Nikki, she, you could say she was a sex fiend, met her in a hotel lobby, masturbated to a magazine. Like, and yeah. that's, that's a song. Yeah. That's the number one dirty song on that fucking list. Yeah, which is like, which is a great, and like, I'm a huge Prince fan, and that's like a great song, and Foo Fighters cover of that is fucking phenomenal. Foo Fighters covered that? Oh, we're playing that after this. I had no idea. It's a great cover. <laughs> um, But yeah, Bastard is basically my favorite deep cut, and I would have picked... I the thing and it's on Shout at the Devil. I'm not a giant fan of the singles off of Shout at the Devil, other than maybe the title track. Because like, what about looks that kill? Looks that kills all right. Yeah, that's it's, fair. It's it's fine. That's fair. I don't know. They're, they have it, it be- they have boring. better singles in my opinion. Yeah. Like even um, like even oh, what's the big one off of Theater of Pain? Not or like I don't know. Not smoking in the boys' room, but like something off of Theater. Oh well, no, Home Sweet Home's. Eh. Um, I don't know. <laughs> um, home but you, you get my point though. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, and I guess maybe the final question and thank you, just, this is the last one. And thank you so much for doing this, Tyler. Um, yeah, uh, what is the studio record they should check out first? Cause I know that you're first, a giant Karabi fan. First studio record for the crew to check out. If they were to pick out like a classic um, one or at least one with the original lineup. I would say either Too Fast for Love or Girls, Girls, Girls. Okay. One of those two. Those are the two that are the most... The first The first one, Too Fast for Love, is just start to finish. Every song is awesome. Yeah. Like, I don't have a problem with any song on that album. Neither do I. And then Girls, Girls, Girls has, like, one where I'm like, eh. But, like, the rest yeah. are pretty good. Okay, sure. There's that one song, Nona. I'm like, this is... The fuck? I don't think I know that song. It's... Bad. I'm sure it's bad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I guess that concludes that episode. Tyler, thank you so much for taking the time and talking Good about time, this. Um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun, and um, I'm sure I'll figure out a way to end these episodes soon. <laughs> so there you have it, everybody. Many thanks again to my buddy Tyler for taking the time out of his day to sit down and chat all things Motley Crue with me. Um, yeah, if you have never listened to Motley Crue before and you want to get into them somehow, uh, I highly recommend just starting from the beginning, going with uh, Too Fast for Love, and then Shout of the Devil, and then going on and on. Um, and so before we um, end the episode, uh as you all know, I like to feature a track by a band that I really dig, and this week we're going to feature the band Coasting. They are a newer alternative pop punky uh, band from Madison, Wisconsin, I believe. If I get that wrong, I apologize, guys. Uh, the song we're going to feature is called Cool With Everything. It's off their latest EP called Go Ahead, which is a very awesome uh, release. I highly recommend y'all check it out. So we're going to play that.
Nice job! None of you! Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.